Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is number 25 and it is December 3rd. Tomorrow's a big day for you. Uh, maybe. It's your birthday. Maybe. How old are you going to be? 61? <laughs> 58? Yes. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the it's same. It's old, yeah. right? It's from, old. From your perspective, it's old. Yeah. 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 Uh, th- so much happened this week in hockey. There's almost too much to talk about. Uh, last week's episode was or last week's podcast, sorry, was one of our longer ones. I think mm. it was an hour and 12 minutes or 15 minutes yeah, or something. Yeah, closer to 15, I think, yeah. Um, the, this podcast has the poten- potential to maybe uh, rival that one as, as far as length goes, but I decided to wear my new Philadelphia Flyers jersey uh, for a reason that we'll get into, All and right. also my Detroit uh, Red Wings hat <laughs> for another reason that we'll get into, uh, both hover around the same number. Um, but... Actually, let's just talk about the Flyers first, because that's on my list. And uh, you have your list. I have my list. What we do on the podcast is usually I go through my list first, and then we get into your list. And uh, first on my list is the Flyers, who have now lost 10 games in a row. Really? I I, I honestly did not know that. 10 games in a row. Wow. That is rare in the NHL. In today's NHL, that is extremely rare. Now, if we go back to last season, the Philadelphia Flyers won 10 games in a row and missed the playoffs. Does that mean that since they've just lost 10 games in a row, that the they'll make the playoffs They're this year? They're making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> good I mean, try, good try. Who knows? They're 8, 11, and 7 now with 23 points. And as we see in the East generally... Uh, mm-hmm. that's not out of the picture just yet. Oh, no. No, it's not. I, I still have faith in Philadelphia. I think they're just on a little bit of a blip. Every team goes through a bit of a losing streak. Uh, this is just a little longer than, than most. Yeah, we know so, that the hard way. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I do believe that they'll bounce back. However, uh, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. Um, sorry, Flyers fans. That's just my personal opinion. With the goaltending that they have and have had for the past 20 years, I, I mean, goaltending's been an issue in Philadelphia for the past 20 years, it, it seems, so... Uh, it's just a recurring problem until they fix it the right way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure what the right answer is short term, uh, but they have some decisions to make uh, specifically around Wayne Simmons because his salary right now is a re- very respectable 3.9, I think. And I think he, they have him locked up for another two years, but there's been lots of rumors of him being traded. And I think we talked about this last podcast, yes. uh, but it's, it, People just keep talking about it, and man, I don't, I don't know how you trade that guy. I don't know how you tra- don't try and keep him. I don't know, well, but if he plays a few more games like he played in Boston yesterday, well, it I might be easier. I don't think anyone played good for Philadelphia. No, in but Boston. him in particular, like the only bright light in the Philadelphia game against Boston, in which they lost, and we'll talk about that later. He skated past Rask and gave him an elbow just as Giroux was scoring a goal, and they called the goal back. So the, the chance Philly had to get back in the game was ruined by Wayne Simmons elbowing Tuka Rask on the way by through did the he, Did he touch him? I heard lots of people saying that he didn't touch him, and I didn't see the play. I didn't well, watch the, that game. I saw a replay that I saw two replays that showed, I'm not saying it was intentional, but he was close to the crease, and I think he was staying, I think Simmons was outside the blue paint, but the elbow was there. And uh, it snapped Rask's head back just as the as the goal was being scored, as the puck was going in. So, I don't know. That didn't look good. 
So when you have a goaltender, just skipping to Boston here, when you have a goaltender who, a uh, backup goaltender, has come in and won, uh, gone 7-0-2 and or whatever it was, yeah. played really well, and then you put your starter, main goalie, Duga Rask, back in net, and it gets you a shutout. Yeah. And you got to feel pretty pretty good being a Boston fan right now. you got to feel great. Yeah. You know? And those, goal, you know, the, occasionally through the years, teams have come up with a really nice tandem yeah. of two lights-out goalies. Uh, you might even put Grice and Halak. Oh, in that. I was just thinking that. Same yeah. boat this season. And what a wonderful problem to have. You know that they're the most offensive, offensively successful team this year? The Islanders? Based on oh, yeah. the goals per game? Yep. Yeah, uh, I have that stat as one of the things I was going to talk oh, about. Oh, do you? I do. Nice. I do. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I probably wouldn't have guessed that, actually. I, I wouldn't have because uh, I looked at it and I thought, this, is, this, this can't be. But uh, <laughs> sure enough, it was. And the Islanders are... Uh, uh, 3.72 goals per game. Yeah. And the league average is 2.96. Yeah, and, so and technically uh, Toronto scored more goals, 99 goals versus 94 for the Islanders, but the Islanders have played less games, so goals per game, right do on. the math. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you have this on your list, but I think it's very important for us to talk about. It's the Drew Doughty quote. No, I, I, I'm aware of it, but I didn't put it on my list. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the quote. That this, So this is what Drew Doughty said. Um, in an article or, an, or an, in, an, in an interview with the sports page or column or whatever, The Athletic. The Athletic. I'm not sure who did the interview or who wrote the column or mm-hmm. uh, story, but here's what uh, Drew Doughty said. I know I'm going to talk to Carlson back and forth, kind of see what money he's looking for. I'll kind of look at what money I'm looking for. Uh, I don't know if he's going to resign with Ottawa, and I don't know if I'm going to resign with L.A. Right now, I guess we'd be gauging at what PK makes, PK Subban. Uh, I think both of us deserve quite a bit more than that. And he's obviously talking about his salary because uh, his contract is coming up for renewal here very soon. And uh, I think a lot of Kings fans might be shaking in their boots a little bit because quite a bit more than $9 million, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite uh, To me, quite a bit more than $9 million is like 12 or 13 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more than nine is like 10 or 11. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'm worrisome that Dowdy won't be a Los Angeles king three years from now. And that's going to be weird. It is going to be weird. And there's another thing I think that bothers fans generally. It would bother me if it was a player on a team I cheer for doing it. Mm. Number one, we all understand hockey's a business and these millionaires are wanting to be more multimillionaires than they are. Yeah, completely. They might not make it past the age of 35, so they're trying to make enough money and stuff for the rest of their career and set up, you know, a successful life for their kids financially and go to college and stuff. And but, but a lot of the fans, I'm this way, I think fans have a romantic connection to their team and they dream about their players having the same romantic connection. And this smashes that all to pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no romantic connection for a lot of these players. There is with some. Stamkos might have a romantic connection with Tampa Bay, and he might take a discount to stay there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, clearly Drew Doughty is out for the highest bidder, and that may end up being L.A., and for L.A. fans' sake, I hope it is. But it ruined it for me when he said that. Well, same as Carlson. Carlson said, uh, I'm going to get what I deserve, whether it's in Ottawa or somewhere else. And uh, Ottawa fans, Eugene Melnick does not spend at the cap. Yeah. So uh, if Carlson's looking for 12 or 13 million, you think Eugene Melnick is going to give him that? And he's going to want long term. Yeah. Probably seven, 
years. You think he's going to get $12 million for seven years? He's certainly not going to get it based on this year's play so far. He might get it based on last year's play, but he's not playing like a fellow who wants to get a big raise. No, I'm wondering if he's still a little injured after that foot thing. Yeah. And it's it, he probably is still feeling it a little bit. It's going to take some time. Injuries, that's, that's just yeah. how injuries go. Um, but if we jump back to, to Dowdy, he's making $7 million right now. Mm. Uh is making ten for a while for like a long time, for like the next six or, se- six or seven years, something crazy. Jonathan Quick is making $5.8 million per year until 22-23. I think that's one of the best contracts oh, yeah. in the league. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Quick has got that team two Stanley Cups already. And he, like 5.8 for Jonathan Quick. You could argue that Jonathan Quick is potentially the best goalie in the league. You could. And he's making 5.8. Carey Price is going to be making, what, $10 million next year? Ten and a half. Basically double of that. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, but if Dowdy, if they give Dowdy the contract, the cap may have gone up by then because there's rumors that the cap might actually go from $75 million, which it is this year, to $80 million next year. I think that's the most substantial jump we would, if, if that happened, uh, that we would have seen in the NHL in a long time. Because yeah. it kind of just it creeps up a little bit, creeps up a little bit, and sometimes it doesn't move. And so a five, an, an, like a five million dollar jump, that's huge. That's a that's a drink contract. I think he's making the quick. He's making five point eight. Like that's an extra superstar. That's a lot. I and I wonder what the cap floor is going to do. I presume it's a percentage of the ceiling. Uh, it's probably going to have to go up to fifty four mm-hmm. or fifty five. I think it's at fifty one right now. And you're probably getting close to really putting the squeeze on some teams that like to have a low salary Like Arizona, budget. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you know, if that happens, that's the other side of that problem, mm-hmm. uh, or if it's a problem at all. Me, as you, I don't like the cap anyway. So the higher it goes, the better I like it. I, I, I agree to a point, but if the cap goes up, or if that lower ceiling goes up, do you think that would force relocation from the, from the teams or the owners who don't like to spend the money? Uh, it may be the last straw that breaks a few camel's backs there. I, it won't be the only thing, but mm-hmm. it'll be another thing uh, in a long list of things that probably propels some ownership groups to say, oh, the heck with it. Yeah. You know, but if it goes up $5 million, bucks, $5 million in a team that you know flows hundreds of millions of dollars a year through the tills, yeah. it's probably manageable no. for anybody, yeah, I would I, think. I agree, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Drew Doughty has... I don't know if he has interest in playing for Toronto, but he likes Babcock a lot. I don't know how it would be even possible for Drew Doughty to sign with Toronto based on Toronto's current cap issues. And I think Toronto will be okay. They there's some they have some decisions to make for sure, mm-hmm. but they've got some young guys coming up. Uh, but still, in two years from now... Two years from now... Nylander? Nylander. Marner? Mm-hmm. Matthews, Matthews, Zaitsev. And you're still carrying Marlow. Marlow, oh, he might be gone by then. But Well, he's three more years, other, right? There's some other young guys coming up. Yeah. Um, I don't, if, if Drew Doughty wants 12 or 13 million, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do it. I but, don't either. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. And where's Carlson going to go? Do you think he, if he goes, if he, if he leaves Ottawa, I wonder where he'll go. I don't think he'll leave Ottawa. I think he'll stay in Ottawa, but... Uh, I, I, ne- I haven't given it any thought, so I think for me just to throw a team name out is disingenuous. But uh, he wants, I'm sure Eric Carlson wants money, but he also wants to be a champion. Hmm. 
So probably the, the list of teams to which he will go or would go is fairly narrow. Teams that he thinks not only that they can win, but th- that they can win with him. Yeah. He can actually be the difference that gets them that win. Hmm. Maybe it's Tampa. Maybe, maybe it's, it's the maybe, Islanders. Maybe it's L.A. Maybe maybe, da- maybe Doughty goes to the Senators and Carlson goes to L.A. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> because Doughty's already won two cups with L.A. He can't really do much more. I mean, he could win another Stanley Cup, but I'd, yeah. it, it's... Going to another team and winning a Stanley Cup is a different experience. Uh, so maybe that's what he's looking for. And maybe. who knows? Maybe. Uh, he, I don't know enough about the chemistry out there in the West Coast. To you know, I, I don't know if it's as hard on players. It might be hard on players in different ways than it is for bigger markets like Montreal and yeah. Toronto, where you're recognized on the street. Drew Doughty probably doesn't get stopped on the Ventura Freeway, you know, when people <laughs> drive up beside him and wave at him. Yeah. Or, or in the Santa Monica Pier, you know, when he's out for a walk with his dog or yeah. whatever might happen. So that might be a bit of freedom that he'll have to give up if he goes to a Toronto. Mm. And uh, the reason I said that, that, or the reason that Doughty said that he would be talking to Carlson is because I believe they have the same agent. Uh, so that's, yes, that's or the agent, same agent team or whatever. Is it Norfolk? I, think? I Yeah, something, yeah, something like, like that. that. So uh, that's why there's going to be communication there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we move on from that, I have just a really quick rumor that I want to talk about, and I don't think there's any validity in this, but uh, San Jose is apparently interested in Rick Nash. And I think it's because they'd like Rick Nash to play with Joe Thornton and revive some Team Canada chemistry. And w- I, th- I think that would be okay for like one or two years, but I mean... Joe Thornton's old. Rick Nash is getting getting old, or he's. I mean, he's only in his thirties. He's not old, but in in hockey careers, he's getting old. Uh, but uh, he's making seven point eight this year. So San Jose would have to, or I think the Rangers would have to retain some salary if there was a trade. Uh, but I'd be okay with that. But I don't know how. I don't know how long he would stay there. I don't know if he would resign next year. It would. It would be a good experiment. Experiment, I think. It might, but I think if I'm not mistaken, George or Thornton, Joe Thornton is a year-to-year pro- project, right? He's he is, yeah. Yeah, he signs for a year and it goes well, and then he's a UFA again, and he signs for another year and it goes well, and so I, I find that hard to work into my long-term planning. It could just be this year. So just, just it, an experiment this year as a rental situation yeah. before the trade deadline, and then make a push. Sure. Yeah, I. It's funny it. I've seen Rick Nash play a little bit this year when he's played against Montreal, and I was very impressed with him. But yep. then I've read other things that, you know, he's not living up to many people's expectations this Rick, year. Rick Nash always plays good against Montreal, <laughs> that unfortunately. Could be that could be it. <laughs> uh, if we move on from that rumor, one thing I've started to do in the podcast is talking about the winning and losing streaks, uh, current winning and losing streaks. And the current winning streaks, do you know who the hottest team in the league is? Uh, there might be a team with six. I know Montreal's got five. Montreal is the hottest team currently. <laughs> uh, they've won five games in a row. Los Angeles has won four games in a row. Pittsburgh has won four games in a row. Dallas has won four games in a row. Every other team is below four games in a row. So, If you had bet me or asked me to bet you yeah. a week ago after we had just won the first of that five-game run against Columbus that there'd be another four starting with Columbus I would have said not a chance I wouldn't bet you 10 cents that Montreal will, <laughs> will, will put together four more wins in a row yeah or let alone score 16 goals in two or in three two nights games, in yeah. two games yeah <laughs> uh losing streaks Philadelphia 10 games in a row we've already wow. talked about it uh Buffalo has lost four 
Um, Vegas has lost three. Detroit has lost three. And two of those, obviously, at the hand of Montreal the past two, day, two days. Mm-hmm. Um, but Buffalo, before this four-game losing, losing streak, they won a game against Edmonton. But before that, they were on a seven-game losing streak. So hypothetically, if Buffalo lost that game to Edmonton, they would be on, I think, a 12-game losing 12. streak. Yeah. A 12-game losing streak. One win in your last 12 games, basically. Uh, man, I feel bad for Buffalo fans because on paper that team should be better. That's exactly right. Because O'Reilly, Kane, Eichel, Scandella, I, I think that's a really, I think it's a really solid team. I think they should be on the bubble, mm-hmm. and they're not even close. They're like 13 points away from a wild card spot. It's frustrating. Very, and there's no end in sight. I don't think I. I was optimistic a couple of years ago when they got the the good draft pick, and yeah. you know they ended up with Kane, and I thought, wow, you know, and and I, I'm not negative towards Buffalo. Like it wouldn't bother me if they did well. I would love for Buffalo to do well. Yeah, I think they deserve it. Their fans deserve it. Yeah, it's really it's do. tough. Um, next on my list is something that we've discussed for I think the past month. It's the milestone tracker. Oh, yes. Of Marlowe and uh, Cam Ward. So the last time we spoke uh, last Sunday, Marlowe had uh, 1,098 points, yeah, and he was trying to get to 1,100. he's got one more. He's, he's got 1,099. <laughs> <laughs> so when he originally started this, he had 1,096. That was, I believe, three or four weeks ago, at least three weeks ago. Uh, so he's gotten three points in the past three weeks. That's probably not acceptable for his contract um cam ward uh 299 wins he, he won yesterday so that uh, means he's uh, cl- he's very close to 300 wins however I, there's not as much harshness with this milestone because he's currently playing as a backup so he might get to play a game every two weeks yeah so it's hard and let alone like playing a game you need to get a win so uh it, it this one's a little more a little more tough and both of these players are the active leaders among uh, in the league right now. So of the, those numbers for active players are the highest that there are. So there's not a goalie active who has more than 299 wins presently in the NHL. That's what? That doesn't make sense. Luongo definitely has more wins than that. I don't know. You better check that. I, I, I saw a stat on the NHL website that said he was the active leader, that Cam Ward was the active leader in, in wins with 299. So uh, I stand to be corrected. If you can talking, Neil is uh, busily Googling. So Yeah, for all you audio listeners, I am... Uh, yeah, he's hitting the Google. I'm go- hitting the Googler. And that Marlowe at 1099 is uh, the leading points getter of active players in the NHL at present. Uh, yeah, that Cam Ward thing is really wrong. Luongo's first with 459. Lundqvist is second with 418. Marc-Andre Fleury has 378. Ryan Miller has 360. Cam Ward has 299. Okay, whoever wrote that web page that I read this morning? <laughs> it's adult. You're, uh, you're a tool. Yeah. And Carrie Latin is, is right behind really? Cam Ward, 297. No kidding. Pekka 284, Carrie Price, 278. Okay. I take it all back, and I guess I'm done. <laughs> That's not your fault. You didn't read the article. Yeah, well, I should check my facts and figures. Um, but there I was shouldn't th- just believe it because it's on the Internet. Yeah. There is also another big milestone this week. Uh, Daniel Sedin got 1,000 points, which was a very special 
uh, game and a very special point and a very special time for uh, both Sedins, even though it was a milestone of one Sedin, uh, and Vancouver because... Yeah. Henrik already got his thousand yeah. not that long ago. Yeah. And I think I think the Vancouver fans love the Sedins, even though they know that they're obviously in a decline. Uh, they still have chemistry. Yeah. Um, but what do you think Vancouver should do with the Sedins? I don't know where their contract situation stands. I'm not sure if there's lots more time left or whether they're into a re-signing decision soon. I don't know. But th- it, hypothetically, if they decide not to sign with Vancouver, do you think they go their separate ways and try and s- each sign with their own team? Or do you think they're a package deal and they go together? <laughs> I think they're a package I deal. I think so too. And <laughs> it's it's weird. It's so weird that <laughs> with one comes weird. another, but uh, it's they, that's how it should be. They've had, they have so much chemistry, they should never play apart. I remember long ago, during the World Junior Tournament, over a Christmas time, long, long ago, where the the Twins were playing for Sweden, and I'm not so sure that the World Junior Championship that year wasn't being played in Vancouver. I don't know, but ah. I remember seeing them together and, and saying to myself, because obviously you can't draft two players with one pick, right? So you have to really engineer your your picking to make sure you get them both, right? Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I can't remember. I'm sure Vancouver traded up to get two picks side by side or something. I, yeah. I forget how it exactly how it went down, or they had just deals with other teams on the phone, yeah. like, look, we we want this. Mm. But they, they drafted them both, and away they go. And they've been with them all. It would be nice for them to play their entire careers with Vancouver. I think it would be a nice story. Yeah, it really would. I don't want to see them play with any no. other team. It would be too too strange, too weird. They are now the first uh, two brothers to uh, surpass 1,000 points in the history of the National Hockey League. Really? Yeah, there are other br- brothers who've played and have done well, but uh, those are the first two who have both surpassed 1,000. Hmm. So there's other brothers, Court Knowles, uh, Howes. Yeah, well, yeah, the Howe brothers, you know, the three sons, I don't know if they ever put up oh, yeah, superior yeah. numbers. Um, uh, the next closest was the Richards, oh, Rocket right. Richard and his younger brother, Henri Richard. Pocket Rocket. The Pocket Rocket. And the Sutters. Uh, they must be on there. The Sutters, well, there's so many of them. There's six of them. <laughs> there's like 17 of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm just talking about two brother teams here. <laughs> okay. But uh, I'm looking for my uh, notes here. Henri and Maurice Richard. Henri had 1,046 <coughs> points. Morris had 966. So they came the closest oh, wow. to both having 1,000. But Henri got more. Even though the scoring trophy is named after Rocket Richard, yeah. he had the lower number of points of the two. Huh. But he didn't play as long as Henri. Henri Richard played for, I don't know, I think it was 20 seasons. And he has 11 Stanley Cups. Wow. 11. The most of any is, player ever. I was going to say, is that a record? It's a record for a player. Uh, there are <coughs> other executives who were players for a while and then executives and they have maybe 12 or 15 Stanley Cup rings but as players no one got more than 11. Mm, interesting. Uh, uh, Richard got. Um, do you know the the best brother combo of all time when you just add the points together forgetting who had how many? I do not. The best brother combo is Wayne and Brent Gretzky. Well. Brent Gretzky got four points. Well, I, I, and Wayne got the rest. Well, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> sure it does. No, that doesn't count. I, I think if I was Brent Gretzky instead of Brent Taylor, I'd be walking around saying, I'm a member <laughs> of the, the, the highest-scoring brother duo in the history of hockey. Yeah, I don't know. What you don't think so? No, I don't think that counts. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, i got a question for you. Sure. Um, what goalie this year do you think led in the most goals? Let in the most goals? Yeah. 
Well, if you'd asked me this a week ago, I think I would have said Carey Price, but uh, I don't think he's played enough games to let in the most goals now. He's not him. That's not him, thank God. I honestly don't know. Carey Price has 45 goals let in. Uh, Anderson has 66 for Toronto. Okay, and I, I can see that. However... Oh, oh. It's, it's not like... Having let in the most goals doesn't mean you suck. It's a team that has scored the most goals as well. So that's right. Uh, and he's played well. He's completely stolen games for Toronto. But it's just I just wanted to bring it up because it's funny because um, Don Cherry's obsessed with with Anderson <laughs> now. He was brought him up three to three weeks in a row, I think, on Coach's Corner. Yeah, he's the lead story in Coach's Corner, whether he's should be or not. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty obsessed with him. But uh, he is playing well, even though he's let in sixty six goals. Did you know that Montreal went from 29th, 29th in uh, goals for in the league um, previous to previous to last night, and after last night they are now tied for 15th in the league in goals for. I did not know that they've gone from 29th to 15th in one night. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. Um, uh, I just got another stat here uh, for all you Pittsburgh fans. Uh, Pittsburgh's nine two and one at home. They're on a four game winning streak, uh, but they're six eight and two on the road. So that's a team that really plays well uh, at home and really does not play well on the road. Really. However, the next four games are at home. Just saying, if you're if you're betting if you're betting on Pittsburgh, the next four games are at home. And they've got an incredible home record. Uh, if you're betting, you should probably bet on them to win those four games. Who are they playing? Do you know offhand? Uh, St. Louis, I think, one game. I can't remember. Yeah, okay. Uh, they're an elite team, so. It, it, they're on a roll right now. Yeah. And the Pittsburgh always kind of starts a little slow. Same with Crosby. Crosby's, I think, he's gotten at least two points in the past like six games or something like that or something like that he's he's doing he's doing very well yeah he's actually the uh the leader uh for the last 10 games yeah uh crosby has i think it's uh uh very very good numbers i have written down here in one of my one of my sheets i have quite a few he's coming around he is coming around i didn't uh, check yeah. his plus minus in the last said last 10 games a minute ago i should have said last 10 days Sidney Crosby has 12 points in the last 10 days. Since the 23rd of November? Whatever. Do the math, yeah. Um, so he's got 10, or 12 points, rather. And Carey Price has the most wins of a goalie in that same time period hmm. uh, with five. Yeah. I I guess neither surprised me based on yeah. the last 10 game, last ten days. So I just want to try to look up really quick uh, plus minus because I want to see... Where Crosby is, because l- originally he was, High he, had, he, had, he had the worst plus minus in the yeah, league, and yeah. then last week I think he was still fifth worst, and now he is, oh wow, he's not even, he has significantly moved up this list, he's not even on the first page anymore, I don't think. Yeah, he's, he's uh, skyrocketed up this list, so he's not even on there anymore, so uh, that's awesome to see. Cool. Uh, my next thing on my list is the Montreal ver- versus Ottawa outdoor game. The question I have is, did you ever consider going to it? 
that's coming up. It's an outdoor. It's the hundred year anniversary or whatever of the. I didn't NHL's first game. I haven't and didn't, not consciously or unconsciously. If it was happening like New Year's Day at a, you know when there's a vacation possibility going on that you could travel that kind of distance. Yeah. But when I heard the date of the game, it's mid December, isn't it? It's like the fifteenth or something. Yeah. When I heard that, I thought, "Well, oh, okay." I, I, it never occurred to me as something I could get to. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's the it's the the date of the first NHL game that was played against Montreal in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got to be on that date. Uh, so. Yeah, is that even on a weekend? Um, I, I presume it is, but I don't think so. I think it's on like a Wednesday or something. Yeah, what the heck? I could be wrong. No, the the eleventh would be a Monday. Twelve, thirteen, four. It'd be a Friday night. 12, 13, 14. It'd be a Friday. I don't know if it's actually the 15th. We'll, we'll find it. Neil's uh, back on the computer again. Yeah. This is a podcast, so there's no uh, <laughs> there's no time limit here. But it never occurred to me to go. Uh, I'm not a fan of outdoor. Well, Justin and I made a video on this, uh, man, probably seven months ago. And that was our conclusion that... Outdoor games are fine, like one a year, two a year at the most, not seven a year, not seven and eight games a year, a stadium series and winter classic and the centennial series and the whatever, just like, just calm down NHL. No, it makes you a lot of money, yeah. but it's, it's, it's really frustrating hockey to watch. And when you put a hockey, I think they played in Fenway Park one time, they did. which is a baseball yep. stadium. So you, you put a hockey arena surface in a baseball stadium. There's no <laughs> way you can angle that so that the fans all have a good view. Yeah. You've got the outfield. You've got uh, an oddball angle mm-hmm. right at home plate. Yep. And so how do you arrange that? I think they arranged the, the rink between the first base and third base positions, mm-hmm. you know, and set it up there. So <coughs> so the fans that are behind the backstop in a baseball game are way, way, way back from the ice. Yeah. And there's really no fans sitting close to the play. And the, the, the ice surface, to me at least on television, looks so much smaller when it's in a great big cavern like that, yeah. whether it's a big football stadium or a baseball it's strange, stadium. Eh? It really is. It takes the intimacy away from the game. Yeah, totally. I think. And it's, it's, a, it's a circus, but it shouldn't be every day. I, I think it's more about the experience and less about the hockey. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I would, I, would lo- I would love to go to an outdoor game. Uh, it's on the 16th, by the way. Okay, so That's that is a, a Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not, I, I asked you because someone asked me, did you consider going to the outdoor game? And I don't think I ever really did just because, well, me and Jason and I tried to get to Ottawa a couple of weeks ago and yeah. that was halted by weather. So to buy tickets, I think like $200 to buy a ticket to a game that I might not even get to, plus to pay to get there. And it's just, it's just not worth it. No. Unfortunately. No. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Winnipeg. Winnipeg's on fire. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> I'm trying your method here. I've got, remember last time you said you drink pop because Cleans it helps with the throat? Yeah, this is not working. Well, you're not drinking the right pop. <laughs> well, it's soda, soda, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> this is not working. Uh, Winnipeg is currently, I believe, second in the, in the league, just behind Tampa. I think they're tied with, they're tied with St. Louis, but they're ahead of them because they've got more goals for or whatever. So Winnipeg is second in the league, I really? think. And so they're clearly the best team in Canada. Do you remember the video that I made ago, 10 months ago, when Justin and I made the video called Why Can't a Canadian Team Win the Stanley Cup? Vaguely. 
Do you remember my prediction in that video? I do not. I said that Winnipeg would be the next Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup. Okay. I get made fun of quite a bit. I don't know if a lot of people would make fun of me now, now that Winnipeg's doing well. Uh, but maybe by the end of the year, when, if Winnipeg falls down to the bottom, then I'll look like an idiot like I did before. So, <laughs> But I stand by that prediction, by the way. Well, uh, you never know. Back in 2015, on a U.S. political talk show, uh, an analyst by the name of Laura Ingram predicted that Donald Trump would win the Republican nomination and become president, and she was almost laughed out of the studio. Mm-hmm. So, hey, never know. however crazy your prediction was, or yours, <coughs> sometimes these things can go off the rails and happen. I just, like, looking at their lineup, mm-hmm. nine months ago looking at their lineup, and right now looking at their lineup, uh, I just, I really like the structure of that team. Uh, the goaltending was the only issue for me, and if Hellebuck plays like he is right now, that team is going to be a, an insane competitor. But if he doesn't, like it, it all relies on goaltending with Winnipeg. If they get good, good if they get good goaltending, I I'm going to love to watch them play and hopefully go far in the playoffs. But it's if they don't, it's going to be really frustrating for the fans because they know they've got a, an amazing team in front of them. This from what you're just talking about. Sure. I read an article in the Athletic this morning. I forget the author's name because I didn't print it off and I didn't intend to raise it here today. But they made an interesting prediction, not prediction, a proposal for an all-Canadian division. I mean, like realignment? A realignment that would put all the Canadian teams in the same division, even though they're geographically problematic. There's time zone problems, travel problems, and other things. There's all kinds of logistical problems. It would be like putting the Rangers in the same division as Los Angeles. Right. And what that would do, it was it would guarantee uh, head-to-head matchups between Canadian teams in the first round of the playoffs. There would be lots more Canadian versus Canadian teams in the regular season because they'd each play each other six times right. instead of four or two. And it would guarantee at least one Canadian, to, well, it would guarantee one Canadian team, and unfortunately perhaps only only one, in the final four every year. I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> Moving do, you, on. Do, you, do you like that? I, I'm not. I don't think I do uh, either. But uh, there's a lot of things I don't like, including what's happening now too. So mm-hmm. I guess the question for me is: even though I don't like it, do I don't like it less <laughs> than what I don't like now? <laughs> that makes any sense at all. I'm no, sure it doesn't. No, it does. So we'd we'd always be guaranteed that three Canadian teams at least would make the playoffs. Right. And and maybe five at the most five right so there couldn't be seven there could never be more than five right but at the most there could be seven right now so right that's I think that's why I don't like it yeah every Canadian team should have the opportunity to make the the playoffs as much as any other team so uh, I I dislike that all right yeah. all right <laughs> you'd rather wait for a good run than just have a uh, a second yeah also ran status for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the last thing I have in my paper is Sidney Crosby is six points away from passing Alexander Ovechkin in all-time points in 138 less games. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Uh, right now, he is 69th of all-time. <laughs> Giggity. But... He has the potential, looking at projections, to get up to 59th by the end of the year, Sidney Crosby. Wow. So a, a, a whole 10-spot jump there. And uh, there's about a 20-point separation between 59th and 58th. 
Um, so by the end of next season, he might be like 45th or 40th or something like that. It's it's pretty significant, and he's still got, I don't know, seven or eight years left. So yeah, it's special. It's special to see the progression of Crosby's career. And he may even have more than that. Let's say he takes a Yager, you know, and decides to keep at it. Totally. He's in incredible shape, so who knows? Yeah. We're, we're about to get to the scores here, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Calgary and Edmonton, but I watched quite a bit of that game. And uh, Yager, he was a horse. Like, you don't see him on the score sheet, but you see him working hard. He does so much work uh, yeah. off the score sheet, and I, I don't think he gets enough praise for that. Yeah. And Crosby's a big guy, and, uh, you know, the reason he's played 150-some fewer games is because he's had injuries in the injuries, past. yeah. And that might take him out earlier than he would like as well, as far as a career goes. But if he's able to stay strong, he's a big guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he might stick around. Who knows? But clearly, yeah, seven years is probably what you're looking at, realistically, for him to be a producer on the score sheet. Yeah. And, I mean, Yager's had to change his game completely. He was an offensive uh, genius back in the day in most of his career. And now he's kind of more of like a power forward. He does a lot of work along the boards. He's so good along the boards. He's he amazing. sticks his butt out and, and checks people. And he's really good at protecting the puck and uh, even off the ice, just being a leader and a, a mentor for the other young kids on the team, young, mm -hmm. young players, I guess, uh, is is a, a, an asset in itself. So Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, That's all I got. So Okay, well, we'll get to the scores from uh, yesterday's games and last night's games. I don't know how much time you had this morning to go over the games that were played or see any highlights, but what I did, I watched a few games, well, one game in its entirety, which would be the Montreal-Detroit right. game we'll get to. We'll save that for last. Uh, watched quite a bit of the Toronto-Vancouver game as yep. well, and quite a bit of the Calgary-Edmonton game. Yeah, I watched all the highlights from that one and some of the game. But Yeah, it was, it was really good hockey played last night, but there was other good hockey played even earlier in the day. And uh, there's lots to talk about, so uh, I'll try not to drag it on too long. Anyone can look the scores up these days. Boston beat Philadelphia 3-0 in an afternoon game. Tuka Rask, as you mentioned earlier, goes in as the backup now and gets a shutout. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty awesome. I don't know if we can call him the backup now, but <laughs> uh, that's kind of what it seems like with Kudobin playing so well. He is playing great. Um, he, he, he did play. It wasn't just that. Uh, Philadelphia didn't get a lot of chances. They they had some pretty good chances. There was a, a breakaway by Konechny, yeah. which was... Uh, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be uh, an easy one, and Rask stoned him. It was great. So Boston picked up goals from Pasternak, Ryan Spooner, and Brad Marchand. And uh, Giroux's goal, that would have been a goal, was called back after Simmons right. was called. I don't know if they gave him a penalty or they just ruled the goal no goal because of the elbow and the mask. And it was almost a simultaneous thing. So Boston's up to 28 points and temporarily uh, surpassed Montreal in points, at least, in the Atlantic to grab that third playoff spot in the division. Uh, elsewhere, Minnesota beat St. Louis 2-1 in overtime, and that was a fantastic game. I watched a lot of the highlights out of that game. Like Jake Allen lost, but he was amazing. Yeah. And Dubnik was amazing. And, of course, St. Louis ended up getting a point out of that because it was an overtime game. But uh, Suter scored on a wraparound that was just gorgeous. And and Granlund had a breakaway on uh, St. Louis, but he made a fantastic save. Uh, uh, Jake Allen, rather, and yeah. made a fantastic save. Uh, Berglund scored in the power play to tie it. Um, and then the, the overtime goal was uh, Dumba and Coyle kind of just crashing into the net almost. Coyle mm -hmm. just was right at the corner, had a stick yeah. in the right place at the right time, and there it went. Dubnik is... 
is a tough goalie to watch because when he's on his game, he's probably maybe the best goalie in the league. Uh, but he's really streaky. He'll mm-hmm. he'll he'll look terrible for a week or two weeks, and then he'll play awesome for a week or two weeks. Uh, as a Minnesota fan, that's probably frustrating. Yeah. So if you have nothing to watch today, I I go back and find the highlights of that game mm. and uh, try to grab that on the internet somewhere. It's very entertaining. Uh, Carolina beat Florida three two in overtime. Uh, James Reimer took the loss, but he made forty four saves. Wow. Uh, he was really worked hard on that one. Uh, Cam Ward. 37 saves, so it was a, oh, a real goalies game, I tell you. Not much defense bl- being played in that game. <laughs> no. Uh, Lindholm and Skinner scored for Carolina, and Bukestad and Barkov for Florida. I think Skinner's so underrated. And he his goal was beautiful. He does not get enough praise. Yeah. He used to be a figure skater before he played, or during, <laughs> while he played hockey at the same time, like not yes, NHL I, hockey. I remember reading that or hearing but he's, it from like, you. If, he, if you get a chance to watch Carolina play, just pay attention to Skinner's skating. I think he's the best skater. And he's not the fastest skater, but he's the best skater in the league. Just pay attention to his feet yeah. and how he protects the, the puck with his feet. And Does he have yeah. active feet? He does have active feet, yeah. <laughs> uh, Florida actually tied the game late because they were down 2-1 with yeah, two minutes to go in the third. And they pulled a goalie, and Barkov scored mm. uh, as a sixth. Or I don't know if he was the sixth attacker, but they had six attackers on. And in overtime, it went. it was a great overtime period and went all the way till two seconds left when uh, Noah Hannafin scored. Nice. Two seconds left in overtime. <laughs> so that's, you know, you got your five minutes worth. Yeah. This is what I'm saying there. So it was a good game. Washington over the Blue Jackets, 4-3. That was, Washington, a, that was a huge win. A huge win. Very efficient for Washington. They only had 23 shots on goal. So Four goals uh, and 23 shots. Four goals and mm, 23 against shots. Against Bobovsky. Against Bob, yeah. And Holtby was the, uh, the winning goalie for Washington. Um, yeah, uh, Panarin, Calvert scored... Uh, Calvert's goal was shorthanded. Wierenski scored for Columbus. There's been so many shorthanded goals this year. I don't understand it. Ovechkin got his 19th goal, wrist shot. from. It was classic Ovechkin. He was over there in the in left-hand his side. In his office, wrist shot, boom. So that's 19, keeps him tied uh, for the most yeah, goals Kucherov, in the league. Kucherov, with Kucherov, yeah. yeah. Just a regular wrist shot. And Kuznetsov got the uh, the winning goal uh, for Washington. So Did you do the bird dance? Uh I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, Pittsburgh at home. Yeah. So you can probably guess what happened here. Pittsburgh at home to Buffalo. They beat them 5-1. Probably an easy win. Yeah. Fourth straight win for Tristan Jerry. Wow. Where'd he come from, right? Crazy. 32 saves. So Buffalo got some rubber on him. Mm. And uh, it was Malkin, uh, Haglin, Hornquist, Kessel, and Crosby. Well distributed. Uh, Kessel got, that's his 12th goal. Crosby's 12th goal. So uh, some nice... They're, they're playing well. Nice I mean, they, they, yeah. you, you can't say that they won because it was against Buffalo. Pittsburgh has been playing really well yeah. recently. And Buffalo's goal uh, by Jason Pominville was the first time Buffalo had scored since November 24th. What? <laughs> yes. Are you serious? Serious. They had a scoreless shutout drought for several games. They were shut out over and over again until Pominville scored in that game. <laughs> November 24th to December the 2nd. So that's like eight days or whatever. Right? <laughs> that's so frustrating. <laughs> like I'm laughing. I shouldn't be laughing, but it's no, not yeah. like isn't it? It's not funny. No, it's just it's so like it's so frustrating. It's funny, I guess. Yeah, a couple of Titan teams met in Tampa Bay. Mm. The Lightning and the Sharks, five-two Tampa. But you know that game was one-one going into the third period. You know it was a very close game. 
I, I was watching the score or I was watching the on my phone I was watching the play-by-play because they, they can do that in the NHL app they do the play-by-play I was watching it on my phone and uh, it it's a weird way to follow a game because you can't see it but you can you can read it it's it's, <laughs> it's weird reading a hockey game as it happens but uh, it looked like an intense game it, it read like an intense game I guess is what it I'm would saying. still be more exciting than reading <laughs> golf yes exactly <laughs> And here he is, set up for the putt. Mm. Uh, Kucherov got two. Johnson got two. Conacher got the other one for the five goals altogether. And uh, Sergachev got another assist. He is on fire. He is on fire. Yeah, so uh, not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Yeah, so moving on. Dallas beat Chicago 3-2. That was a big game. Big game. That was a huge uh, win for Dallas. Huge win for Dallas and a nice breakout night for Alexander Radulov. He got the first goal in the game on the power play, and then he scored the winning goal in the shootout. Hmm. So good, good for him. Yeah, good for him. I think he's wearing, I don't know if it was him or someone else, wearing, uh, changed the color of their laces to like green or something, <laughs> okay. and they haven't lost since <laughs> the lace change. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Rad- Radulov and Faxa got the goals for Dallas, and Franson and Saad got the goals for Chicago. And... Uh, Dallas actually scored two goals in the shootout. They didn't need the second one. Radulov's first mm. shootout goal was enough, as it turns out, because Chicago couldn't get any past Bishop. So, mm. uh, Toronto-Vancouver. That was an intense game. That was a fabulous Holy game crap. to watch. Vancouver was leading 2 nothing, well into the third and near near the very end of the game, and Toronto scored yeah. and uh, got close to tying it up. And that was uh, JVR. Van Riemsdyk scored late in the third. That was his 13th goal of the season. Marcus Granlund and Alex Edler had scored earlier for Vancouver, and it was right down to the wire. And Markstrom, I remember when uh, he was in the last little crush around the the crease when the horn finally blew, and Mm -hmm. he was almost collapsed down, face down onto the ice. You know, he was worked so hard. Yeah, Yeah. and we saw him after the game, and the sweat rolling off his face was unbelievable. His face was drenched, and he dabbed it. He wiped his whole face off. With the towel, and you could you could literally see his face get like getting wet from sweat yeah. in like five seconds. Yeah, I've never seen anyone sweat that fast or that much. And that's the same game we saw the replay last night. It didn't end up in a goal, which would have been beautiful, but it was still cute. Vertanen was going in, and he got a stick kind of bubbled up with someone else, and he ended up holding it like a shorty <laughs> like stick, a, like, like a mini stick, like yeah. a mini <laughs> stick. And he went in and tried to score. And like he that. almost did. He almost did. He got quite a good little yeah. attack there in the net. That, that was game that. was like a playoff game. Yeah, it was really intense, uh, especially the last probably five minutes. It was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, Anaheim uh, lost three two to Nashville. Pekka Rene got the uh, that was a shootout, so there was a point for each team, and then they fought over the other point. Mm. And both recently traded players on either team factored in the game. Adam Henrique got a goal nice. for Anaheim, and Kyle Turris got the shootout winner for Nashville mm. to make it three two. So cool. both those teams uh, taking advantage of the trades that they'd recently mm. been in. So that was pretty who is good. who is Henrique playing? I meant to watch that game. Crap, I forgot. Who is he? Who's who's he? Who's he playing? Who's his line? Who's his line mates? Does I it? don't know. I, I <coughs> ah, sorry. Dang it. Sorry. I gotta watch the next game now. Yeah, well, you can look it up, I suppose. Yeah. See, see who all got uh, the plus one on that goal, but gotta see the chemistry. <laughs> Arizona. Arizona. What? 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 What's going on here? Arizona came to Montreal, then they went to Ottawa, then I think they went to Toronto, Toronto. 
And they went on quite a little junk jog when they uh, were out on the road because they were a team that was supposed to be the doormat. And they started playing hockey. Yes. And then they go back home and play New Jersey, who's no slouch, and beats New Jersey 5 nothing. Shuts them out. 5 nothing against New Jersey. Yes. Yes, Kincaid was uh, shelled 34 uh, points now New Jersey had w- going into that game. And Arizona only had 18 points going into the game, or 16 rather. You know, it's almost half as good as New Jersey. And they beat them 5 Arizona nothing. has 16 points. Had. Now they have 18 because they got that big win. Arizona has more points than Buffalo. Oh, my goodness. Buffalo has 16 points. How Buffalo, come on. How bad does it have to get? When the, wor- like the worst start in NHL history from a team. Is better than you. Is, oh, man. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, Martin Nook, Stepan, Goligoski, Dolan Strom. I think Stepan might have got two. No, Wedgwood got the other one. No, Wedgwood was the goal. Wait, what? I was going to say, Sorry. what? He didn't score. No, <laughs> relax. But that was the first shutout for Arizona and the first regulation win at home all season. <laughs> oh, man. Ah. That's, that's yeah. nuts. Uh, the other game before we get to the Montreal-Detroit game was Edmonton and Calgary, the Battle of Alberta. Yeah. And if you watch one game from last night in its entirety or even the highlights, you must watch that game, oh, yeah. viewers. Please. You've got to. It was lights out, fantastic hockey. It had shades of so many comeback stories in the past. Oh, wow. And it almost happened. It's a it's such a shame it didn't happen, or at least get to overtime. Early in the third, Edmonton scores to make it 6-1. Yeah. 6-1 to one Edmonton, third period in Calgary, and they're just driving it. Yeah. And then Calgary scores a fluky one, and then another fluky one. Next thing you know, they score four goals in seven minutes, and it's 6-5. Wow. Wow. And it's all hands on deck. A minute left. Calgary's trying to get their goalie out. And he's the backup. Uh, they had pulled Mike Smith, mm. and it was uh, <coughs> pulled him at the end uh, of the second. in there, yeah. So they're trying to get the goalie out to get the sixth attacker on, and then Edmonton ends up coming back down. I think it's a two-on-one or a two-on-two, and Edmonton ends up scoring. It's just a broken play. It goes off the Calgary uh, defender's stick. Calgary defender's stick scored essentially in his own net. Yeah. Shades of Russell. <laughs> two nights ago, or whatever. Two it was. nights before who scored in Edmonton's own and net. And who also blew a tire in this game, yeah. which led to a Calgary goal. So oh, so much drama. Edmonton got scoring from Pugliarvi and Maroon, although the Maroon goal was called back uh, due to a... Yes. It, it didn't uh, completely cross the line or something, I guess. Uh, and then Pugliarvi scored again, Maroon again, uh, Latestu, shorthanded, Lucic and uh, Ryan nugent Hopkins and Caliara. Kalara, K-H-A-L-J-R-A or something. I'm not sure. It's a name I'd never seen before, but he showed up on the Mm. score sheet. I'm like, I didn't see, they didn't have that one in the highlights, so I didn't see it. Yeah. And I think they had Brassois in it or someone. Is that his name? Yeah, Brassois was the, uh, was the, was the goalkeeper. And, you know, he had done so well. And then all of a sudden. He played really well at the beginning of the game. And then everything was going in. And they were shooting from like the the goal line angles. Yeah, goal line from the corner. From the corner. I think three of the goals went in from the goal line in the corner. Goudreau's goal, uh, I think, I can't remember who else. Monaghan? No, it wasn't Monaghan. It was someone else. Uh, Any, any hoozles. It was, yeah, exciting game. Very exciting. At least go watch the highlights. Yeah. And the Battle of Alberta, anyone who's a 
a Pennsylvania resident who knows what the Battle of Pennsylvania is like, or Islanders versus Rangers. Or Toronto versus Ottawa. Or Toronto versus Ottawa and the Battle of Ontario, maybe some California stuff. Yep, exactly. Uh, you would know how exciting this is and how deep the rivalry is and how wonderful it is. Mm. And the funniest part was at the very beginning of the game, they zoom in on a kid. Yeah, oh, that was the best. <laughs> who's standing up against the glass with a big sign that he's made. And the sign... <laughs> <laughs> the sign says, and he's got a Calgary Toucan. Yeah, he's probably like eight or nine or something. Yeah, he's got an Edmonton Oilers uh, logo on the sign, and it says, Edmonton, don't draft me in 2023. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Uh, he, he, uh, he's at the beginning of the highlights, actually, on NHL.com for that game. Oh, it's the he? first clip, oh, so if you guys want to see it, it's go to NHL.com, watch the highlights from that game. It's the first clip in that. So segment. cute. <laughs> All right, the other game in the, is yes. the game that you and I watched. Mm. Montreal 10-1 over Detroit. It was, for a Montreal fan like, like me and you, uh, it was wonderful to have that. There was lots of uh, coincidental things happening and, uh, and other oddball things mm. that went on that I think deserve some talking about. Probably, you know, I know we're, I'm a Montreal fan, Big time, and I'm not as ecumenical as you are when it comes to other teams, although I do appreciate them. Mm-hmm. But um, we've suffered a lot this season up until this past week. Yep. And we've talked about Montreal and what it needed to do. And I think it's only fair that if Montreal does something well, we're allowed to talk about that too. Yeah. So uh, Paul Byron, first hat trick in his career. Okay. Do you know what he's making? Uh, he's making uh, 900000 1.2 million. 1.2? You're close. 1.2 million. But they got to resign him soon. Oh, man, they got to do something. I think his, I think this is his last year. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he's playing like a guy who wants a raise. Yeah, I think he's the best waiver wire pickup ever in the NHL history. Do you know the story behind how that happened? Uh, how, Montre- how he came to Montreal's attention? I can't remember. There was a YouTuber. Oh, right. Yes. You did tell me this. I think you, okay. I think you mentioned this on one of the first podcasts oh, maybe on the channel. And just for those who might not have listened, then I won't go along with this. There was a YouTuber who did a video making fun of Paul Byron's missed shots on breakaways. Because he could all these breakaways, but he could never score. And it was basically a comedy video about Paul Byron and his un- unbelievably bad scoring hands. But someone in Montreal's organization, uh, they all saw it and thought, you know, forget the scoring part. We can fix that. This mm. guy is fast. He can, the, the, how does he get all these breakaways? And that's what brought him to the attention of, of the Montreal management. And when Calgary put him on waivers, Montreal went, oop. Yeah. <laughs> and got him. And, and now look at him. It's, I know that a lot of people don't watch Montreal, but if you get the opportunity, Paul Byron, he's McDavid fast. Like he's, he is that fast. If you watch the highlights from last night, yeah. he's Larkin fast. He's, he's in that realm of potentially fastest in the league of the three goals that he scored two of them were pure speed complete and pure he, speed. like so much speed that he not only got away from the people who were at once the same level but he stopped skating yeah, halfway he, to the net and they still couldn't catch him like that's how fast he was he had so much speed built up he could glide in and set he, him up yeah, for, his, for his shot and in the first goal he got he basically he should have a goal and an assist for that goal mm, because totally he, he passed it to himself Puck came across roughly around the blue line, and he one-handed the puck and, and chipped it behind the D and then went around the D, picked the puck back up against I, I've never scored. seen anything like that. It was, it was, it was amazing. Crazy. It was fantastic. And that was the, 
you know, that was early in the game. When the, when the game was somewhat in doubt yeah. originally, Montreal having beaten Detroit on Thursday night 6-3, should have been 6-2, but there was a bad bad one at the end there that Price that got past Price. Hmm. Uh, but it was, you know, a fairly dominant game. But w- when you have those games, and Montreal in particular, because they're so good at taking their foot off the gas oh, when they the think best, they're going to win. Best in the league. And we were scared. I was scared to death that that was going to happen again. Even when they were up 4 nothing, 3 nothing. I thought, oh, man, this is yeah. they're going to try to protect this lead, and then it's all going to go away. Mm-hmm. But uh, they didn't. And Julien, Claude Julien, the coach, afterwards, I was watching the French uh, Chambre on RDS, uh, the French channel, and they went live to the coach's press conference. And the first remark out of him in French was I really liked how we played to the end of the game this time. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's that's telling. Well, and, and that's it. They just didn't, like, Montreal didn't win that game. They just showed up to play, and Detroit didn't. Detroit did not. Did, like, every player on Detroit was terrible. Yeah. And that sucks because yeah. it's, I mean, 10-1 games are fun to watch, I guess, like once in a, once in a, once a year, once every two years, but it's, it's not hockey at that mm-hmm. point. It's, and, and Paul Byron's hat trick. Two hats were thrown on the ice yeah, two. because the Montreal fans were confused at why there were so many goals being scored. I think they were just in shock and they didn't realize that Paul Byron just got a hat trick. Well, I think in that third goal too, like the first two were clearly Paul Byron because he was rushing down the ice and he was the guy who shot the puck. The yeah. third goal was more of a, I won't say a garbage goal, but it was a you know a crease, right. uh, you know lots of activity in the crease. And I don't think it was, no, I don't think it was apparent to uh, a fan in the arena at first yeah. who had actually got their stick on that. Hmm. But by the time they announced the name, you know, after they played the goal music, it was too late to throw your hat then, yeah, I guess. Yeah, two hats, and then Detroit scored, and they threw an octopus yeah. on the ice. Yeah. So two hats and one octopus in that game, wasn't it? And a toque. And two a toque, hats, yeah. Two, two hats and a toque, yeah. A toque. <laughs> so Byron got three goals. Alex Galchenyuk got the most points in the game last night with four assists. Wow. Yeah, he didn't I score any had, goal. No, I knew he had three. I didn't know he had four. Yeah, he had four. Uh, Nicholas Delorier, Jacob Delarose, Daniel Carr, Charles Soudan, Brendan Gallagher with his 13th goal of the season. He's on pace he w- for 30 now. He's leading the, the Canadians in goal yeah. scoring. Uh, ben and Shaw all scored. There was only one forward on the Montreal Canadiens who did not register a point last night in a 10 nothing win. Is this a quiz? Uh, okay, it is, is now. Is it Placanic? Nope. nope. Plucky got an assist. Maybe I, two. I don't know. Pacioretty. Really? No points. Are you serious? I'm serious. No points. Wow. <laughs> That's, I feel bad. Yeah. Interestingly, remember last time in the podcast, I relayed a news story I had read about someone analyzing Montreal's uh, very poor poor statistic of letting in two goals within a minute. Right. They did it in eight different games and, in fact, nine different times. Yep. And it was the highest in the league so far and maybe on pace to make them the highest in the history of the NHL. Which was 14, I believe, was the record? 12. Oh, 12. Uh, now, in the last three games, against the Ottawa Senators, Montreal scored two goals in two minutes and 18 seconds, which is pretty close together. Mm-hmm. Then in the Thursday night game against Detroit, Montreal scored two goals in 43 seconds. Okay. Mm, in last night's game, they scored two goals in 32 seconds. Ooh. So they've turned the tables on that statistics. They've actually mm. done to their opponents what had been done to them. Right. And the game evolved after that in a predictable way, mm. just like it used to <laughs> when it was done against Montreal. So I think that's uh, uh, that's an interesting stat that I'm going to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. 
Brendan Gallagher got his 100th goal last night in his career. Really? Yeah. So that's, that's another a, little that's milestone. That's an awesome milestone. Yeah. And Placanix did get a point. He has now has 593 points, no. and he's tied for 13th all time in points in the Montreal Canadiens. Thomas Placanix, worst shot in the league. Yeah, but maybe a good passer. Maybe. <laughs> now let's come back to ground level here a little bit. Montreal has done some amazing things five in a row. You could easily argue that of the five games, only one of those games was against an elite team, and that was Columbus, Columbus yeah. where Montreal won 2-1. Mm-hmm. The others were pretty easy pickings, if you look at Detroit twice, Buffalo, and then uh, Ottawa. So Montreal's future will determine how they're going to do, not so much the past. And they have some more robust opponents coming up. Well, I, I had a few questions last night, and I think one of them was, like, you, Neil must be happy or, or whatever on, on Discord. And I said, yeah, I am happy, but I know this team. So, like, I know this team is my favorite team. Uh, they fooled me so many times before. I'm not going to be fooled again. I know how this team performs, and I know that I can't really trust them, as mean as that sounds. <laughs> and I referenced the 2010 uh, playoff run and how devastating that was mm-hmm. because they took out Pittsburgh, which they had no business taking out Pittsburgh. They took out Washington, which they had no business taking out. And then they played Philadelphia and just, like, didn't even try. Yeah. And, like, that was that was the most devastating I've ever been being a Canadiens fan. Yeah. And I since then, I just know that I can't trust the team because the inconsistency. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I'm happy that they're on a five-game winning streak. I'm happy that they won 10-1. Uh, last night, but I know when Monday or Tuesday night comes around, whenever their next game is, I think it's against St. Louis or someone. Tuesday night. I, if they if Montreal lost ten one against St. Louis, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So. St. Louis on Tuesday night, and then they have two nights off when they play Calgary in town, Montreal on Thursday. That's night. going to be a tough game. And then Edmonton is in town on Saturday night. That's going to be a tough game because Edmonton, I think, is playing pretty. I think they're starting to come I around. I think they're. Yeah, I think they're. I'm trying to. I don't know how much, how many games in the last five that they've won. I'm trying to go back on their schedule, uh, back on their record. Anyways, it doesn't matter. They're, they're starting to play a little bit better. Is the point I was trying to make? Yeah. So th- these will be bigger tests uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. Teams, uh, you know, two of them from from the West, or all three of them actually counting. Yeah, they're all three from the West. Uh, they play, you know, bigger, crashier, bangier hockey, and they've got some. You know, Calgary's got some pretty good goaltending on most nights. St. Louis is Jake Allen. Uh, Montreal will be facing some stiff competition this week. So, uh, Is that all you have for Montreal? No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Just a couple more quickies. It's also important to remember, if you're trying to be realistic, and I am too, mm-hmm. there are many teams so far in the NHL that Montreal hasn't played a game against yet. Mm, can I guess? You can. Uh, Tampa, correct. That's the only one. <laughs> that's the only one I knew. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of other ones. Yeah. They've not played Boston yet. Oh, that's right. They haven't played. They've Boston not played yet. Carolina up until this week. They will not have played Calgary, Colorado, Edmonton, the Devils, the Islanders, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Blues, and the Canucks. Oh, that's a lot of hard teams in there. <laughs> there's a lot of hard teams in there. That's and that's my point. Yeah. You know, it's easy to build up a really good run, you know, when you're playing Detroit and Ottawa all the time. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Ottawa, but you know the, the current version of Ottawa, which may be yeah. different next week. A, a blip, a blip, yeah. Ottawa. But uh, 
when you start playing the rest of the league is when, you know, once you've played at least one game against all these teams, you really can't tell how good you are. Yeah, totally. So, I agree. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the, uh, well, I'll just finish off with a little bit more of the analysis that I was watching last night. Yep. Henrik Zetterberg was interviewed after the game and said he was embarrassed, or no, their performance embarrassed anyone who's ever put on a Red Wings jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not saying it embarrassed the guys. He embarrassed the history. Basically, the history. They, they, they peed on the history <laughs> of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they, they did so poorly. That's Zetterberg saying that, and the coach wasn't much more complimentary. Hmm. Uh, Price's goals against average in the last five games is 1.20. Can't ask for better than that. Shea, Shea Weber's first game back in a few. He yep. was off uh, with an injury. He played 22-24 of ice mm. time, m the most mm. on the team. A, a little less than he usually does. Yeah. And by little, I mean quite a bit because I think he's around 28 or 29 usually. Yeah. Uh, Jordy Ben, 22 and minutes and 9 seconds. Wow. And Andrew Shaw, 19-29, wow. which is a lot for a forward. That is a lot. It's a lot for a forward. So he got a workout, and he, and he got something to show for it. He got a goal. I guess mm. He got the last goal. Uh, the coverage, Romanuk and Galley. Oh. Real quickly on that. Um, is it Carl Alsner or is it Carl Alsner? We still don't know, we and don't know. neither do they, and <laughs> exactly. that's the problem. All the French guys are calling him Alsner. Galley usually calls him Alsner. Romanucki's about 50-50. I call him Alsner. I call him Alsner. Uh, now, uh, here's a good news story about uh, Paul Romanuk. He did not say, failed to negotiate contact for the oh, first time right. in a long time. He didn't. He said failed to negotiate, or he failed to make contact. But he took the word negotiate out. Maybe he's listening. Maybe he's listening to post to post. If that's the case, Mr. Romanuk, thank you very much for trying to mend your ways and keep it up. <laughs> um, there were long stretches, and you and I both commented on this, long stretches where the two of them would just banter between them, talking about history. It was unbelievable. And not talk about what was happening on the ice. It was Minutes really on frustrating. It was and very bad. I'm watching the game, so I don't need to listen to them call the game. But that's what they're there for. That's kind of their job is to call the game because... There's some people who are blind out there mm -hmm. and need audio to listen to the game. And yeah, they could listen to it on radio, but it's easier to listen to it on the TV. So stop going on about stories and statistics that don't matter and quit mentioning the Patrick Waugh thing from 20 years ago and the same night where it was 11-1 and he got traded two days later. I think they brought that up like six times and it is important, but come on, like just call the game. It's really yeah. frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Uh, after the game, uh, Lanti Chambre on RDS. I like watching them, especially when they win, because they're a little more bouncy. But uh, Guillaume Lantondres was one of the guests on oh, the show. Oh, man, I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> yeah. And his main takeaway, what, what they do is the, the host gets each of the guests to give a main takeaway from the game. His main takeaway was that Gallagher was six feet, five inches tall. <laughs> uh, Bruno Gervais was another guest. Now, he never played for Montreal. He played for the Islanders in Tampa and Philly, but he was uh, mm -hmm. an NHL player for quite a while. Uh, his his takeaway was the two-for-one goal business, where Montreal scores two together rather than right. getting scored on two together, which yeah. was nice. And uh, in the th in the three matches where they scored two close together, they've all won. In the th in the eight matches where they've had two, they've all lost, hmm. uh, scored on them. Francois Gagnon, who's a reporter, his takeaway, and, and he says, une première sans tapis rouge, which was a premiere without the red carpet, a movie premiere without a red carpet star. <laughs> and that's when he was talking about Galchenyuk. Ah. With four assists, he didn't get any goals. It was mm. working, you know. He, he, totally. got, 
He got his assist from working and playing really good hockey, and it wasn't a star performance in that sense. It mm. was a worker performance, and he thought that was really, really good. And he thought it was uh, Galchenyuk's best night of his career. Wow. Yeah, really? he was very impressed. Very mm. impressed, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, that was my the end of my Montreal analysis. I have a couple of other tidbits, but uh, um, Can I, I have sure. some questions on Discord for you? Oh, yeah, Because sure. I asked in Discord yeah. if people would ask you some questions for here. Uh, and one of them is about Montreal, so I want to ask it now before you get on to anything else. Sure. Uh, creative username says, uh, what do you think is wrong with Pacioretty this season? Do you think it's bad luck or? I don't know. Pacioretty, he seems to be a very streaky player. I think he's the most streaky player in the league. Yeah. And I think it's all from the neck up. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think he's necessarily lucky or unlucky. Mm-hmm. But you know, when your team wins 10 to 1, and you're the only <laughs> guy in the forward line, of, of 12 guys, you're the only yeah. one who didn't get even get a point. And he's he, arguably the most offensively gifted player on the team, other than Drouhat, maybe. Yeah. It'd be like St. Louis getting 10 goals and Tarasenko not getting any, or, right. or Ovechkin not getting any. And, and he's the captain, you know. I think I, that's it. I think th- I think the responsibility's t- hard on him. I th- he's he, I don't think he's meant to be a leader. I think he's meant to be a talent guy. He's yeah. supposed to put the puck in the back of the net and only worry about putting the puck in the back of the net. Now, somebody mentioned on the broadcast last night, I forget which guy it was, that last year, Pacioretty was a dud up until some point in December. Mm-hmm. And then he scored, and he started scoring. And from that point until the end of the regular season, his scoring was second best in the league, second only to McDavid. Yeah. So I guess we're all waiting for that to happen. I, I, seriously, he is the, the, one of the most trickiest players. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if if Montreal can win 10 nothing, or 10-1 without Pacioretty scoring a goal, then you feel good, but you also feel bad because Pacioretty, come on, get in yeah. there. This is your chance to kind of, you know, get some confidence behind you. And uh, so a little frustrating, but. It is. But, you know, I'm not ready to throw the towel on him yet. Nope. You know, I I do think he's a bit of a different player ever since Chera broke his neck. Uh, I think he's been a little more... Uh, more cautious. A little more cautious. But then again, last year he did play well for long stretches. So, well, we'll see. Hmm. All right. What else you got? I'll ask the next questions okay. after you're done your... This was mainly just uh, catching up on weekly stats and who's doing how well. Save percentage, Aaron Dell's leading with uh, .933. Um... Or Vasilevsky is right behind him with 932. This is the NHL's own website here. I don't think so. Oh, man. Here we go again. I think Darcy Kemper has the well, best. Well, I, I had Kemper with 944, but he didn't count in the list I was looking at. So why Kemper didn't count in this list, I think maybe he just hasn't played enough games or something, perhaps. Oh. Because they talk about qualifying games. Early in the season when you're doing stats like this, you have to be a qualifying goalie mm-hmm. in order to get in the goalie stats. And qualifying means... You have to be on pace to play at least 27 games, or roughly a third of the games, 33%. Because Arendelle's played 10 games, and Kemper's played 8. So pretty close, and Kemper has the better save percentage. Yeah, I think Kemper just hasn't played quite enough to get into that qualifying zone. But he is doing well with a 944 hmm. for sure. Uh, Dell, uh, Vasilevsky, Kudobin, Bobrovsky, and Crawford, all between 930 and 933. Mm-hmm. So they're all awesome. In wins, it's Vasilevsky with 17. Anderson has 15. That's Craig and or, uh, um, not Craig. <laughs> what? 
Toron- th- Toronto's Anderson. Fred. Oh, Frederick Anderson. Yeah, not, not Craig. Too many, too many Andersons yeah, in the Too league. many Andersons. Yeah. And Packer Rennie's tied with 15 there as well. Goals against average, Arundel, 1.93. He's the only one underneath two. Yeah, Arundel's playing really well. His record just doesn't say that because they've lost some of those games. Yeah. He's like three and three or something like that. Uh, Bobrowski, 2.02. Kudobin, uh, 2.22. So same thing with Vasilevsky. And Martin Jones is right behind with 2.23. Hmm. The team with the highest goals per game is the New York Islanders, 3.72. We already talked about that. And the league average is 2.96, so it's almost a whole goal, more than the average for the league. The best team, excuse me, in preventing goals against is the Los Angeles Kings at 2.22. That doesn't surprise me. Penalty kill, leading, LA Kings, 89%. Mm -hmm. League average is 80.3, so that's like twice as good as, you know, the the rest of the league. Uh, Power play goals, Tampa Bay, 27.8%. That doesn't surprise me either. The league is only 195 uh, in points, Kucherov with 38, yeah. Stamkos with 37, Johnny Gaudreau, 36. Yeah, he's flying, flying a bit under the radar. Yeah, and Kucherov and Ovechkin leading in goals uh, so far with 19 each. Tavares is next with 16. So there you go. That's all you got? That's, that's all I got that I haven't already talked about. All right, well, I got some questions for you then. All right. Uh, who's your who's your picks for the uh, award winners this year? So cup and individual winners and... Stuff like that. Coach of the year. Coach of the year, even with Vegas on a three-game losing streak, I'm still really liking uh, Gerard Gallant. I think it's either him or Travis Green, if the trend stays the same. Yeah. I I personally would give it to Travis Green, even though I really like Gerard Gallant and have a biased opinion there because he's from PEI. But I think Travis Green just structurally has changed the the game in Vancouver. So. Mm. Yeah. Good argument there. Um. What about the cup? Are you still sticking with your prediction of? It's getting harder all the time. Who did you predict? Edmonton. Edmonton? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's getting harder all the time. Right now, not having, you know, the teams haven't all played each other. No, that just doesn't go for Montreal. It goes for everybody. Tampa Bay is the class of the field, I think, right now. Yeah. Um, in the, certainly in the East, uh, in the West. Uh, I think the it's a coin flip so far. There's a lot, of t- there's a lot going on out there. But yeah. I think Tampa Bay is the team to beat in the East right now. I agree. Yep. Uh, the last question for you is, do you think Price's return makes the Canadians a Stanley Cup contender again? And his, his return and, and good play. I'm trying to separate emotion from fact. My emotional self says, oh, yeah, absolutely, because with Price you can win. You know, If Price is on his game, you can win any game. All you need to do is score two goals, and you're going to win the game. And Montreal is... And that's uh, how it used to be. Yeah. Uh, if If he stays healthy and you know i don't expect he's going to win every single game between now and the end of the year Mm -hmm. but if he stays healthy enough to win most of them like he's doing now uh montreal can beat anybody as Mm. long as they protect him yeah you know as long as we don't end up with a chris Kreider uh coming in montreal plays st louis tuesday yeah price will start that game i'm assuming for sure who does montreal play after that montreal after that the very next game for montreal is Calgary on Thursday night in town. They come into Montreal. Do you think do you think Niemi will get that start? Nope. No? Nope. I think if, if games are, are two days apart, I think Price plays each time, unless he unless he decides he doesn't want to play. But mm-hmm. I think if, if, if he if he plays really well against St. Louis, whether he wins or not, if he plays well, I think he starts on Thursday night. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for today's uh, podcast. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, 
I appreciate your viewership. If you're not watching on YouTube uh, and you're listening on iTunes or Google Play or whatever podcatcher that you use, we really appreciate that. Uh, if you could, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not aware of our YouTube channel, I hope you come over and hit the subscribe button over there. Uh, thank you to everyone who's made it this far in the podcast and who listens or watches any any or all of our podcasts. That uh, that really means a lot. Sundays in this podcast is is our opportunity to to really talk about all things. Uh, regular season in the NHL on top of all the videos that we make. Um, so I appreciate everyone coming back and um, contrib contributing their that's hour and 17 minutes. So I, you know, I, I appreciate you guys contributing your time. That, that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Um, all the links are down in the, in the description for any social media or, or any kind of little goodies. So um, hope you guys are having a good day. Christmas is coming up and uh, We'll see you next Sunday for the 26th podcast of Post to Post. Bye-bye. Adios.